Hello again, everyone. This is the Flexible Dieting Podcast. I'm Kevin Brunacini here with Austin Kiergaard and Joe Klimczewski. And today's topic is going to be on, I'm going back with quotation marks, net carbs. And it is a, it is rather common and pop uh, culture when it comes to this topic. So I feel it's important to have to break it down. What does it mean? What's the implications? And is it really necessary to have to really be concerned about it from a certainly from a dieting perspective, but just in general from overall health and well-being. So um, I'll start with Austin. Just in general, what are net carbs? What What is it and how's it calculated? Oh boy. How do I put this? So when we're talking about like, spot. what's that? Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> we're on a podcast. Of course I'm on the spot. <laughs> I can ask you, but you can't ask me a bit. That's oh, how okay. It uh, I want to I want to just explain kind of the the concept of net carbs again. Like so, let's I'm going to use a protein bar because it just seems to be the, one of the most common things. So you'll see, like on a protein bar, it might say 27 grams of carbs, six grams of sugar, alcohol, 19 grams of fiber, and only like five net carbs. You know, so. Nutrition fact labels can get away with saying that because they can say, well, we don't have to count fiber, right? Fiber just doesn't count because we don't, we don't do anything with fiber, right? We just crap it out. Like, so the problem with that is it's still calories. We still break it down. And there's certain types of fiber that our intestines actually do the, because of the bacteria in there do ferment it and do break it down into a, a fatty acid. So this whole concept of just net carbs, we can just say there's only five carbs on here, even though the total carb amount says 25 is very misleading. And I feel like it kind of stumps people because I get asked about this pretty frequently. So I don't know about you guys, but I always encourage my clients to just still track what they're consuming because like it's, there's still calories, like fiber still has calories in it. Carbs still have calories. You know, we're talking about four calories per gram. So this whole idea of like, we just don't need to count fiber is just, it's just not true. Yeah, it is. It is silly because there is no definition from the FDA on what a net carb is, but just because fiber or sugar alcohols are not necessarily, or not completely metabolized and or simulated, that doesn't mean that they don't provide calories still, even if they're getting shuttled back from fiber, you know, if fiber is still being shuttled back after the fact, they're still being, they're still calories that are being provided. So, you know, it makes, it's only going to be most accurate to track total carbs, ignoring net carbs, but I don't want to ruin the ending already. So, uh, Joe, um, if you have anything else to add on that, I'd love to hear what you have to say, but I'd like to ask you based on your experience for clients that may have been very in favor of tracking net carbs, what disadvantage might you suggest or tell a client when they're embellishing the geez i don't well fuck. <laughs> I'll, I'll just start answering keep that in there yeah <laughs> so um it's morning we're, we're recording these early so I, I get that uh i would go back to what both of you already talked about which is the fact that the calorie content is there but the only reason that people are interested in tracking net carbs is because they were proposed this as a loophole. And and it all started with protein bars 20, 25 years ago when everybody started using glycerin as a polyol in the production. 
And so it, with everybody with getting into label wars, who has one gram more protein, who has one gram less carbohydrate, everybody wants to show their best foot forward in, uh, in any advantage they can get. And I remember even a local company created this carb candy uh, shop, or I should say keto candy. So they would have everything you could ever want from you know chocolate to different forms of candy made all with, with polyols. And they could say, this has zero carbs. This is a carb-free, zero-carb product because the net carbs was next to nothing. And of course, all of these diabetics and everybody consuming this, they may not get a rise in insulin, but they're certainly not losing weight. And this company even invited me and they wanted me to endorse them and be a spokesperson and a paid consultant or something. And I toured their little factory here and I'm like, no, like, no, I'm not going to do that because it's you're, you're lying and it's not good for people. You're going to create digestive problems, which it does. And they went out of business very, very quickly. Surprisingly, because people really do get tied into wanting these things. But it's not just fiber. It's also the glycerin, the polyol. So you get it from both directions. If you're kind of a bread company and you're touting a low carb pita or bread or something, it's because they're not, they're, they're putting all, all kinds of weird, exotic, harsh fiber to Austin's point, And they're not counting that. Then in more of the baked good type things or protein bars, they're, they're adding those, those glycerin type products. And so you're going to hurt yourself in a GI capacity because of the digestion or lack thereof. And so you're getting tons and tons of diarrhea and inflammatory processes in your large intestine. And then you're just simply not going to lose weight. So back to your original point, Kevin, it's just, it's just sensible to count your total carbs, knowing that you have a correct amount of fiber, whatever you need, that could be variable day to day with flexible dieting. But just count it. And then that becomes your new base. If you thought with net carbs, you could only eat this amount, but now you can eat this amount because you're counting total carbs, your body's impact is still going to be the same. I didn't realize it started with protein bars. Makes sense now that I I don't eat hardly protein bars any longer just because the GI issues, usually because of the high sugar alcohols that are present in it. But you're a little young. You might have missed that uh, that entry. It's just interesting to hear the, just to hear about it. And then of course, how it's expanded to low bread pitas or just low bread products that, cause that's where historically from my experience where clients have issues with, if they're just tracking and they're, they're, you know, unbeknownst to them that they're, you know, what maybe what they're, maybe what they're finding within my fitness pal or some other logger is that they're those carbohydrates are actually the net carbs that from some other user. And therefore that's what they're tracking and seeing kind of being, uh, just not realizing that this is not accurate for one, but just, it's, it's just misleading, um, of which, and that's where you get some objectivity issues. Um, all of which that's where, to me, that's the biggest disadvantage I would say is it's just, it's not from a technicality or of analyzation. It's just not going to be the best accuracy of the clinical picture. So, um, but I'm glad you touched on GI cause that was going to be, and you did too, Austin, but I'm glad that was mentioned. Cause that, I think that to me is the biggest hindrance clinically speaking, but just, you know, if why eat something, if you're going to be shitting your brains out, but to eat your own, um, I'm not sure if it's have even you ever had Olestra. Have you ever had like the, like low carb ice cream, things like that, or potato chips that had Olestra in it? 
I remember them, but I never, no, I never had them. Because that literally happens. You're talking like violent diarrhea for most people. And then that's going to lead to all kinds of chronic, you know, inflammatory bowel issues. Sign me up. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I I found I can't eat protein bars anymore. I've tried so many different ones and it's just, it's a no go. Um, I get the convenience, but there's just so much just trash in those things. Nowadays, I feel like it just that or my stomach's just incredibly sensitive at this point, but I tried to have one last week and it was a no-go. I'm like, well, no, oh, that was a bad idea. C- certainly the polyols have a fact in that factor. Oh yeah. Awesome. It's but definitely I think that most protein bars, the number one ingredient is soy protein, which oh, is, yeah. you know, highly transforming. And so I have to go way out of my way to find some that just don't. Uh, and then you have lower quality, not not lower than soy, but low-ish quality whey protein, milk protein, that kind of thing. They're obviously not using the the best you can get. But anyway, yeah, it's it's you're, you're going to get hit with one thing or another. Mm-hmm. I did have a question on just benefits, but I'm not sure if it's even worth worth asking. I was just maybe trying to be tongue in cheek with, or just create that false dichotomy of good and bad, but. Um, there is, sure. there, there, there might be a slight benefit. Uh, like, so I'll just say it in this regard. Like sure. when Joe was talking about PETA, like PETA bread, like I know clients that in the beginning of tracking or whatever, they just have a hard time eating their fiber goal. So they'll go and get a low carb, high fiber tortilla. And for a little while that works. But I think over time they realize that it's, there's still better options in trying to get sources from more of their like fruits and vegetables and, and, and actual like hundred percent whole grains, but starting out, I mean, I can understand why that's a benefit. It's the same thing. If people have a hard time getting protein, I can see why, but I've also noticed after they've gotten used to, to dieting or flexible dieting after a while, they also start to, you know, get rid of the, the low carb pitas and the protein bars. Cause eventually their stomachs just don't agree with it. And they also have learned to find better options out there, better quality options. So I guess there is maybe a little bit of a, a benefit to for people just starting out, but that's the only thing I can think of unless Joe's got something to add to it. Well, I, I would just create a little warning label for that, which is just like a third of human beings ha- have complete lactose intolerance and a third have partial and a third have no problem. They create all the lactase enzyme that they need. Some people are going to be very sensitive to any kind of a harsh fiber like that because, again, you're not getting something – that's very natural. Like you're going to find in an apple or some oatmeal. It's, it's processed, you know, very fortified high amounts of some kind of a food additive fiber. Some people may not have a problem with that at all. Some people it's, it's going to be torture. Yep. I, yeah, I would agree. Good talk guys. I, I think we'll, we'll wrap it on that. So, um, net carbs, I would, you know, in closing, I would say it's a little bit hyperbole. You know, it is a, certainly is a claim and thus there's not, you know, take a claim for a grain of truth. It doesn't necessarily have any nutritional value. If it's a product you like and you feel good in terms of GI, uh, GI symptoms or no GI symptoms, I should say, then go for it. But there are pros and cons, more, more cons than, um, than pros when it comes to net carbs. But ultimately, if you're going to, be consuming these products the best ac- the best bet for your for being objective and most accurate is going to be tracking total carb intake versus doing the doing the equation of of carbs minus the amount of fiber or fiber minus the sugar alcohols and then you get a net carb 
Um, it's just uh, not necessary to do so. Um, so I hope this was helpful. Be sure to listen to more uh, in the coming episodes, but this is the Flexible Dieting Podcast.